Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. Let's talk, okay? Let's talk about our week. How's everybody's week going? I was in Atlanta this weekend. If you saw my stories, then you probably know I was basically drunk for 48 hours straight. And it was incredible. It was everything I needed. I went to visit one of my best best friends from college, Moongi. Um, I had her on the podcast, by the way, and it was one of my most favorite episodes. And she has her own incredible podcast that you guys should definitely listen to. It's called Everyday Ubuntu. I will leave it in the show notes. So yeah, I went to visit her and her hubs, Ed, who I adore. And we were just like degenerates all weekend. So this week I've been like trying to come back to life because I guess that's just what happens when you're 27. It takes you like four days to feel good after a weekend of drinking. So anyway, what else? Um, I'm back on Hinge this week, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I was off the dating apps for a while because dude, they're honestly just fucking tragic here in Miami. Um, but I opened it while I was in Atlanta and I've been talking to this Atlanta cutie all week, so, you know, maybe I found myself a little Atlanta boyfriend, um, so yeah, I'll keep you guys updated, I'm also talking to a few local cuties, so, you know, we're just doing this for research purposes, for content purposes, (laughs) um, okay, uh, that's it, those are my updates, are we ready for today's episode, because I am pumped, okay, we have Kara and Jade back on for this episode, you guys will remember them from our astrology episode that everybody loved, Um, so I thought it would be so fun for them to read my chart and basically spill the tea on my life in an episode, and that's what, that's what happened, so they're so fucking great, I love them, and truthfully, I had my chart read once before, and she really didn't tell me half of the things that they did and I love how they like explained things to me because it's a lot of words right it's a lot of like terminology that if you don't know anything about astrology you're gonna be like wait what what house what aspect what planet like it's a lot um but they really like explain it to you so I would 10 out of 10 recommend them if you're wanting to get your chart read and I honestly feel like everyone should get their chart read like I think people have such a misconception about what it actually is and it's honestly just fascinating to hear more about yourself um, like different characteristics that you have reasons why you might act or feel certain ways like it's just it's really cool honestly so let's get into it but make sure you're following them they have their own podcast it's called blame it on the stars i absolutely love their episodes because they break down astrology to make it so digestible and fun so like 
I, I just love it. I love it so much. So yeah, go get your chart read, go listen to the podcast, but like first listen to this episode. Okay. Because we spill a lot of tea. Okay. Let's go. Okay. We're back for round two and I'm so excited. So we're back with Karen Jade. You guys want to say hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> so everybody, sorry. Sorry. Um, everybody loved the first episode we did. Everybody wanted more tea. And today we're going to do more tea, but it's going to be about me. So do you guys want to explain what's happening, what you're reading today? What are we doing? Yeah. So uh, essentially what we're going to be doing is reading your birth chart. Now, Kara and I both pretty much tell all of our clients this, but wait, is my audio going in? Okay. It's essentially like a snapshot of the sky at the exact moment that you were born your birth chart and it essentially is sort of like a little guideline for who you have the potential to become uh where the planets were in space at the exact like moment of your birth basically kind of tells you what your natural habits and tendencies are so you can kind of learn and grow from those placements and sort of understand you know why you might do things the way that you do and have a better better a better understanding of who you are I don't know if Carrie you have anything to elaborate on the birth chart experience but yeah I think that they're really good for like gaining awareness there's a lot of stuff about your personality and other aspects of your life Jade and I also really like to emphasize the fact that you know it's not static and that throughout throughout our lives different things kind of be highlighted different energy we might be more connected to it at different points in our life so I feel like that's also really important to mention as well right right and if somebody wants to get their chart read by you guys is there like do you guys do it like a FaceTime? Do you send them an audio? Can people ask specific questions? Like what if somebody wants to know about like a specific area of their life? Like what's kind of the guide for anybody who might want to get their chart read? So we do it audio recording so that way you can save it and listen to it whenever. We don't offer live readings currently just because Kara and I both have such crazy hectic schedules there's a good chance we're reading your birth chart at three in the morning on a Tuesday for all you know, like we're very all over the place, but also we find that we have clients just all over the place. We have read a lot of charts from Dubai. Apparently that seems to be a very popular area for booking natal chart readings. So it's just for time zone sakes, we'll just send you a little like audio recording and it's sort of essentially like your own personalized podcast episode about you love it okay give it to me let's go (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) okay well uh i'm actually gonna start this off because we share this placement in common which is the rising sign so the rising sign super important to know it says a lot about who you are kind of on the outside how you present yourself to the world but it also deals a lot with your sense of identity your physical character traits also just like what your natural priorities in life are and like me, you're a Capricorn rising. So mm-hmm. I always tell, so for whoever's listening to this and is just curious, like I always suggest that you check your horoscope for your rising sign because it sets up the system of houses, which we'll get into what the houses I was are. Gonna, 
I was gonna ask you that. I was like, what am I have been reading have I been reading the wrong horoscope forever just because I'm I feel so identified with my moon sign as well that I'm like, so which one is I like always check my moon sign horoscope too just to like see what what's happening, you know? But I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, so conveniently you have the same sun sign and rising sign. So I'm sure you probably have been relating a lot to the Capricorn horoscopes. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are gonna read their horoscope and not relate to it at all and it has to do a lot with how the houses are set up with the rising sign and I usually find that people find a more accurate horoscope when they check for their rising sign since it kind of Mm. gives a better understanding of where the planet is impacting their chart directly so that's why that's advised but yeah so the Capricorn rising experience so at first glance people would probably assume that you're someone who has their life together even if that's not necessarily always true they're gonna look at you and be like wow like she's gonna get the job done she's on her shit she's working hard you know like all about her money all about you know her goals in life she's a very driven ambitious person and people probably as a result give you a lot of leadership opportunities really early on in life just because they expect you to be someone who can handle a lot. So what's really common with Capricorn Risings is that their childhood is really actually kind of difficult almost in a way because they're getting handed all these responsibilities that could literally even mean like having to babysit like a sibling or at a young age or like in my case I was paying bills really early on. That might be something that you had to deal with as well learning how to cook before everyone else all of those like adult like responsibilities were very prevalent in childhood because you were sort of viewed as this person who was responsible and trustworthy and probably worked really hard as a young kid and as you got older in life you know things get to be a little bit easier I think the thing with like cap risings is that it's sort of like you work really hard now so that way in a few years you can sort of relax and take a breather and life just gets significantly more fun with age it's the blessing to it there is a lot of you know curses that come with being a Capricorn rising but the plus side of it is that as you get older you find that like life gets a lot easier I, I didn't, I I had a really nice childhood. Like I didn't, I would be lying if I said that it was like difficult and that I had to like, you know, put the pants on and do a a ton of shit. But for me, it wasn't childhood. It was when I turned 18. So it was like when I turned 18 until I was like roughly 24, 25, those were like the hardest. I really hope those were the hardest years of my life because it was, like my world basically crumbled and it was that's where I had I had to like take responsibility of my sister and sort of like my mom too because my dad got sick my sister was MIA it was just me taking care of my mom being like the rock of the family and then my dad passed away and then my sister lost her shit and you know what I'm saying so it wasn't childhood for me it was like that age but it was a lot and it was definitely me having to be like, well, I've never been this strong. I've never felt like I was in control of things, but now I have to. And since then, like ever since I turned 18 and all that shit started happening, I like, I completely, I think stepped into that quote unquote role, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, so childhood can mean anything. It's pretty much as any time before you're, like, you know, a real grown adult, so it's not uncommon that you didn't have those experiences till you were 18. For me, it was more so when I was around 16 and 17 when I noticed the cap rising, you know, responsibility (laughs) thing, take hold. That was when I got my first job and started having to pay for dance by myself. A lot of those things, you know, it's just... Because people see you as someone exactly who is really responsible and just is able to be logical and take a lot of, you know, shit on that, like, that does happen. Cara, I don't know if you have anything to add on the Capricorn experience as someone who's not a Cap rising. (laughs) Yeah, I just always like to mention, too, that your rising sign really deals with how you connect to, like, the world and other people around you. And I feel like your Cap rising was very obvious in the you know, the scenario that you just described where you had to be the rock and you had to be the person to kind of, like, maintain all of those things. And there's also, like Jade already kind of mentioned, that with Capricorn being a cardinal sign, there is a lot of possibility for you to kind of, like, step up and take the lead where some people might kind of shy away from that or not feel comfortable doing that. Like, when you're under pressure, when something really requires you to step up, like, you will do that because of your Cap rising. I like control, and that's it's hard to let go of too because I think it's not always good to control everything I've learned and um you can't always control shit and that drives me crazy and I know that's my cap I know that I know that's it because I mean we work on it in therapy all the time is just like trying to be more flexible you know in general with my with myself with my life with so many things but it is what it is that and it's also really big in your moon sign which we'll touch on in a little bit but that's control and scorpio go i was just thinking that absolutely go hand in hand oh my god scorpio well we'll talk more about your moon sign when we get to it but so there's these things in your chart that are called like aspects they're essentially when planets are working together or working against each other and they essentially are what causes like our inner struggles, but also where we excel. So in your case, conveniently, you have your sun and Mercury conjunct your ascendant. So what that means is like conjunctions are when planets are kind of on top of each other and they really emphasize that planet or that sign's energy. So you probably feel that Capricorn energy really, really strongly because you have, you know, the Capricorn sun and the Mercury and the rising all happening in your, well, Mercury, not so much, but in your first house, which deals with the identity and having your sun and Mercury conjunct your rising sign sort of is essentially when people meet you at first glance, you're going to be the person that you really are. Whereas like other people would meet someone and, you know, give off the complete total wrong impression of who they are. People will know what you're about kind of up front. I mean, obviously you have like that Scorpio moon, so there's a lot of depth to you that's going to take a while to get to, but you're very no bullshit up front. People know like what you see is what you get. There's no like hidden vibe there really. It's very all out there kind of like in the front at first glance when people first meet you, they just know. Yeah, I'm I think I'm a I'm an overshare by nature. Like I just am, but like you said there's I mean like everyone, there's lots of layers, right? But but I'm definitely like the way that I'm talking to you guys now it's the same way that I would talk to my neighbor or some random person I just met across the street or whoever the fuck at Starbucks. Like it is it's the same. So yeah. <laughs> Cara, do you have anything to add? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, me and Jade were actually talking about this before we even got onto this call about how your Mercury is conjunct your ascendant, which Jade mentioned, but Mercury really deals with communicating. And in addition to kind of coming off exactly how you are, communication is also a very like important aspect of your life or it's something that you just, you know, comes a bit more naturally, I guess, something you feel comfortable doing with your Mercury there. And with first house placements and also stuff that is aspecting your ascendant, it usually represents areas of your life where you have a lot of like autonomy and choice and like personal, you know, like say in things, which is kind of interesting too when we're talking about like control. This might be a bit deep, but there might be some aspect of that you know, manifesting in your life because you actually notice that when you do things, like when you put the effort in, like there are results. And that's what happens when you have a lot of stuff in your first house. You can see the correlation between your actual actions and results. So that could also play into it as well. Yeah. And like, as Kara mentioned with Mercury there, uh, it's not uncommon to find someone in social media uh, particularly oh, that's because what we were talking about. that and yeah. there's there's actually it's it's in your chart quite a bit so we're gonna talk about you know all the different ways we can see it there but it makes communication something that just comes very naturally to you and something that you do well so the first house is about presentation almost in a way and if you have that mercury conjunct your ascendant you're a natural communicator and people are gonna cool. want to listen to you especially with the sun illuminating it it's sort of making it shine bright, literally, if you're thinking about the sun being something that illuminates it. But let's actually talk about your Capricorn sun. So very similar to the Capricorn rising, we always like to describe your sun as sort of your ego. The way I always describe it, and I know Kara definitely has a better you know, description of the sun sign than I do, but I always refer to it if you think back to like when you were learning how to read and they would tell you to point out like a character's basic character traits and you would like look in the book and be like oh like uh melissa is so like hardworking and like quiet like those are the character traits i find that a lot of people view their sun sign kind of in that light so being a capricorn sun would make your character traits to be very hardworking, someone who's very goal oriented someone with a lot of drive and ambition someone who is very no bullshit i always say this with capricorn energy because they are very logical they can be very nostalgic too which not a lot of people reference with capricorn energy they have a really strong tendency to like look back in the past whether it's to Mm -hmm. reflect or just to like enjoy an old memory Uh, they value longevity stability practicality So they always like to make choices that are going to benefit them in the long run. So they're very careful about the choices that they make. And that's why they're more logical rather than emotional because they value that longevity and that stability and that security so much that every choice needs to be one that's more based off of practicality rather than, you know, emotion in that kind of way. I know people typically give earth signs the reputation of being you know non-emotional but there is emotion there for sure there's definitely emotion I was gonna say like I don't know if it's the Scorpio moon or what it is but like there's I wish I didn't have that much emotion like I wish I was 100% more logical than I was emotional and I I tend to be more logical than emotional but there's still so much emotion 
all oh, the for time. sure. Yeah, so I wanted to bring that up because I know that it's a really big misconception with earth signs that they're like yeah. going to be practical, but I think and a lot of it is because always. what people yeah. don't get, especially with Capricorn, is a lot of it is coming from an emotional need to feel secure, an emotional need to have, you know, everything working out in their favor because they've been through some difficulties, but they also just really want what's best for them and they have that like emotional side to them that people don't very much see you have to realize that like cancer is their sister sign and sister signs work together in that way so they have it in them but they end up making these practical decisions to best suit them and their emotional stability in the long term so right that makes sense wanted to bring that up Kara, what's your take (laughs) yeah i also jane i'm surprised you didn't mention this but i always like to throw in the fact that Capricorn Suns kind of remind me of that work hard, play hard mentality (laughs) because they are extremely hard workers, but when they're not working and they're not in that mindset, they're also so fun and that really isn't talked about enough either. I'm pretty sure. Thank you. Yeah. Like Jade knows who I'm talking about, but we used to go to school with a Capricorn and she would always go out every single night and then be there like a half hour early for like 8 a.m. ballet. And I was like, I don't know how she does it. Like, well, I genuinely have no so idea. Because it, I don't know if this is a Capricorn thing of just being very black or white. Like, if I'm working, I'm working. You have my full attention. I won't be late. I will <laughs> give it my all. And if I'm going out, I will be the fucking drunkest bitch at that party and bring home some guy. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's that. It's like that. Um, and somebody was, I did a, a Q&A on my story this weekend, and somebody was like, doesn't your mom get mad at you for, like, you know, hooking up with all these guys? Because I talk about it on my stories, because I don't, I don't really care. Obviously, I don't say everything. But um, they were like, doesn't your mom get mad at you, like, you know, since you're Hispanic and, and you're always getting drunk and this and that? And I'm like, well, no, because, like, she knows I work really hard. Also, I'm 27 years old, so, like, it would be weird if she got mad at me. But um, anyway, that just made me think of that. So work hard, play hard. Yes, love it. Yeah, and also another thing, too, which I know you mentioned the last time we, you know, did this but that capricorns are so funny capricorns have a really good funny. sense of humor <laughs> and they really know how to turn yeah. like a situation into almost kind of like a joke in a way but not because you know they're trying to like make a joke out of a situation but they like to look at like the bright side of things from time to time people don't often talk about that capricorn has a really unique almost sort of like dry sense of humor sometimes but it's also really good humor like the same thing like that Capricorn friend that Kyra was just talking about she's so funny and she has elite taste in memes like I always find that Capricorn placements usually are really funny my ex was a Capricorn and he was actually a comedian so there you have it I'm glad we're clearing this up for all my Capricorns because we're not just quote-unquote grounded hard workers like I don't think I'm grounded at all um I think we're actually really funny and we like to work hard but like okay so this next I guess placement we're going to talk about I'm really curious to hear what you have to say it's actually kind of a treat that we're doing this live and you're able to respond to us because usually like we said we have to pre-record it so we don't get like live feedback but you do have Saturn in your first house and when you have stuff in your first house it really can make that aspect kind of prominent in your life and the first house is kind of similar to your rising sign where it deals with who you are and like how you go about doing things how you express yourself 
And Saturn right. is known to be kind of restrictive. And typically when you have Saturn in the first house, people can kind of be a little bit shy. It might take them longer to like warm up, be open, or they might have some experiences where they aren't able to fully be themselves or express themselves. And you know, you are very open and there are a lot of other things in your chart that kind of make you someone who's very social and outgoing. So I'm kind of curious to hear if you have, you know, both aspects in your life and if you can relate to that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was so shy my whole life until like I'm like 100% until I was like 18 or 19. Like I, when I tell you that I turned into a different person, like I mean it. Like just as an example, I would go out to eat with my family at like 17, 18 years old. And I would whisper to my dad what I wanted from the menu. And he would order it for me to the waiter because <laughs> I was too embarrassed. Okay. Like that's just an example. Um, and now I'll talk to the wall, but the thing with that, I think the restrictive thing is just that, um, I think there's, there's there are things that I'm, like, healing within myself, and, like, that's where, um, I kind of, I'll be so open, I'll almost let people feel like they know the whole me, but, like, they don't know there's a lot of shit that's just, that I haven't talked about, but since I'm so warm and open, like, people think they're getting the full deal to some extent, but there's, like, a part that is very not, there's a part of me that doesn't ever want to be fully vulnerable, and that's especially with guys, like, that's, like, we're working on it in therapy. Like, it's, like, a thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's where that comes from. It's just, I think, you know, same as a lot of people, like, fear of perception, fear of judgment, fear of um, getting hurt. I think a lot of it is also my ego. Like, yeah. So I think that's where that might come from. It's funny that you mentioned – I mean, it's not funny, but that you mentioned the whole, like, <laughs> you feel as though people don't fully get the full you, and I'm actually going to segue yeah. – to something else we were going to save for last, but I now feel we need to talk about it right now, which is me. your midheaven, which I mean, per usual, Cara, I always let you explain the midheaven because you love the midheaven. I do. I've never I heard do. that before ever. What is that? Okay, so your midheaven isn't like a planet. It's actually just like a specific point in the sky. It's the highest point at the time that you were born. So it's also the most visible. So it has to do with your legacy, how people see you. And because of that, it's also tied into like your career. Right. Yes. Okay. I bring this up because it's the start of your 10th house. And the 10th house deals a lot with recognition And we both share this, and I was actually just ranting to Kara about this the whole week, everything you just said, which is we're both Scorpio midheaven. So not only are you a Scorpio moon, but you're Scorpio midheaven. And what is so common with the Scorpio midheaven is people will only remember you for one little thing about you, which is usually like one, one aspect of your career. So people would probably like look at you and just be like, oh, like she's in social media and think that they know everything about about you. Meanwhile, there's so many parts of you that aren't seen and it gets very almost frustrating. And again, Scorpio deals a lot with control. So you'll see this sort of Mm -hmm. need to want to like balance it out or be like, no, but there's also this to me too. No, but there's also that to me too. And sort of almost feeling exactly that, like 
seen and recognized but also misunderstood where there's parts of you where everyone will find you to be very approachable and probably very healing and probably someone that they can trust people probably trust you very easily but then also feeling like you know everything about everyone but does everyone know everything about you like not always that's not always the case right so interesting that you mentioned that because that has been something I've actually been tweeting about this week so fun yeah, fact no and it, it also it also makes me just I feel identified in general but like also just because I'm trying to figure out what direction I want to take my Instagram I know it sounds so stupid but like what direction I want to go in because there are so many different things that I like and it's so much more useful to have like a niche and to like really niche mm-hmm. down but I don't want to do that because I can't pick something like I can't just share this I or just share a little bit of that mm-hmm. or I'm getting a thing from zoom um and so right I'm just like frustrated because I want to keep sharing it all but it's also very hard to do that and anyway that just made me think of that but yes the mid heaven is on point <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny, again, that you mentioned that because we do share the placement, and I hope you know I'm only bringing up, like, personal experiences to help relate, just, but I was having that whole crisis where I was like, well, everyone only knows me for astrology, no one knows that I was a choreographer pre-pandemic. Similar vibe where it's like, I don't want to box myself in and just be an astrologer, I also read tarot, I also am a choreographer, I also dance, like, I also love videography, I I want to be like a travel person. It's the same thing where you don't want to be known for just one specific thing. You want to have that control over your image and for people to not just pigeonhole you to one thing in specific comes up with that. So I get it. It's like we're we're all we're all multifaceted Mm -hmm. human beings, right? Like we're not all of us only like one thing. Um, The difference is it, it frustrates me to my core that everyone doesn't know everything you get what I'm saying like I want everyone to be aware of everything not just the one you know but at the end of the day you can't really that's that's where you can't control what people will will remember about you like that's kind of that deals with them too not Mm -hmm. just you know like you can present it all to somebody but what they remember it also has to do a lot with them and their own shit you know yeah um Kara did you have anything to add on the Scorpio Midheaven because Uh, I kind of want to talk about something else in your 10th house. I know that we didn't have this on our list, but I recently read a chart for someone who also had Pluto in the 10th house who was going through a similar thing where, you know, Pluto brings a lot of transformation and kind of like, I think the word is like upheaval, but just like kind of a lot of changes in that. Is this the plutonic thing? Yes. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's Pluto. But it's like I'm going through a plutonic death, right? Or something oh, like that. Oh, no. that was that Pluto. was a different transit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no. She was just telling me that she that she is an artist, but she also worked a nine to five, and she wants to pursue her art career. And she's been going back and forth for a while. So sometimes when you have Pluto in your tenth house, you can kind of go back and forth or kind of change your career path, or you know, just things like that might come up. Yeah. Yeah so interesting it's everything is so on point it's like i swear everybody needs to do this well also um another fun fact with pluto in the 10th house is that you probably have had mentors or people who see 
your potential and as a result kind of want to help you out whether that even just be the support of like a follower or like an actual person who is above you who is like let me help you out and gives you free advice almost in a way people really see that you have the ability to work really hard and be someone who can go places in your career and as a result people want to help you so it's a little superpower wow. in my opinion uh, but what I was going to say earlier is how a freaked out right now. <laughs> how you were talking a lot about how you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I going to do with my social media? And I have some good news for you. You're going to figure it out within the next three years because Saturn. So there's this oh, big just thing three that years. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this big thing that happens in people's lives. It's usually around 27, 28-ish into their 30s, and it's called the Saturn return, which is when Saturn, the planet, transits through its home sign when you were born. So, or home sign, the sign that it was in when you were born. So you are a Saturn in Aquarius person. So Saturn is about to enter Aquarius on the 17th and will be in Aquarius for... The next three-ish years and since Saturn deals you know with karma and responsibility and the first house deals with identity and conveniently Aquarius also deals with technology and innovation Mm. I'm expecting that you'll probably start to see a lot of your hard work pay off being that you are someone who is familiar with Saturn energy being a Capricorn you definitely know how to work hard and I'm assuming that you're going to have a very peaceful Saturn return where you're able to reap the benefits of everything you've worked for and kind of figure out sort of what that next step is going to be in regards to the issue you were just having about like, what is my identity? Where do I go next type of situation? I will honestly assume that you're going to have a lot of answers very soon, but love to hear that. No, I just think you summed it up really well. It's going to be... It might be a bit, like, what's the word? Like, tumultuous? A little rocky. (laughs) Yeah, rocky. rocky. Yeah, like, so it might be a little unstable at first, but throughout the next three years, you'll be able to, like, overcome it and figure out what you want, especially because it is in your first house, which deals with, like, your direction in life. I know that way back when they used to say that the first house, like, steers the ship of the boat. Like, that was a metaphor that they used. So there might be some things that you have to, like, pivot or adjust, but that clarity is coming your way, like, very, very soon. that's what I feel like I'm doing. Like I'm adjusting. I think that's the perfect word of what I'm trying to do right now. Adjusting little things. And it's also just like, it's also, I already know what I want to share more of, but it's, it's, it's sharing so much more about real shit and like more deep topics, I think, and more depth. And that's what like freaks me out a little bit because it's like, it's like what, like pulling the blinds open in a way, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's what also freaks me out. But Anyway, we're adjusting, so. Uh, Do we want to take it back to Mercury? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Okay, so Mercury. Everyone is usually kind of familiar with this because of Mercury retrogrades, but Mercury, again, deals with communication. It's how you think. It's how you, you know, speak. It's how you process information. It's also, like, how you learn, which I think is super interesting. And your Mercury is also in Capricorn. So all of those those same Capricorn qualities are just going to be applied, again, to the way that you think and go about doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And... 
yeah, it kind of emphasizes that like practical kind of perspective and also a little bit of needing some type of organization, routine and stuff like that in terms of how you like plan and like go about actually like doing things. Oh yeah, I can I am nothing without a routine. Like nothing. <laughs> uh well, an interesting thing too with your Mercury is that it falls in to the 12th house and again I'm like not to keep pushing things on to Kara but Kara has a great explanation of the 12th house so I'm gonna let her explain that one (laughs) okay it's kind of an elaborate (laughs) description but just picture this you wake up in the middle of the night it's dark you really need a glass of water but you know if you turn on the lights it's gonna be like like way too bright so you kind of like make your way to the door you like have your arms out looking for the walls to kind of just like find your way to get that glass of water like that is the 12th house because things in there are pretty dark and you kind of have to rely on your Mm. senses to kind of like make sense of like what's going on that's a great analogy. I know. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm thirsty now. <laughs> yeah, so when we place Mercury in the 12th house, that dark room where you have no idea where things are, it honestly makes for someone who has to sort of process their thoughts and emotions alone and in solitude and might even retreat or want to either run from or find some type of an escape for any super overwhelming thoughts and emotions usually we find with 12th house mercury placements that they really like spirituality they like learning about astrology or doing anything sort of in this realm because it gives them a sense of understanding and a way to grow and to sort of understand their overwhelming emotions and use that almost as the escape for when things get really tough, but I do want to mention that having the Mercury in the 12th house can make for someone who is actually very creative, someone who has a lot of empathy, someone who is able to just pick up on a feeling, which people don't always associate with Capricorn, but pick up on a feeling and sort of either really like take it on almost in a personal level or be able to use that empathy for some type of spiritual growth or development or creativity, use it to spark a new idea, a new inspiration. And it honestly makes for someone who's a very healing person to listen to, someone who's very healing to speak to. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people just gravitate towards you to talk or vent because they know that you'll be someone who is going to like understand them. I love that. I mean, I guess my friends will let me know when they listen to this, but I mean, people, people do always tell me that I give really good advice. I don't always take my own advice, but I give really good advice and I consider myself 1000% an empath. I didn't even know what that meant until a few years ago, but people and situations drain me because I feel them so heavily. So it's like, have you seen that meme where it's like after one social interaction, I need like 38 Mm -hmm. days alone like that's me like I love people I love being social but I fucking love being alone like I need to be alone I charge up by myself I need to think about things alone and I pick up everything anyone's energy I see a lady crying I'll cry if I see someone pissed Mm -hmm. off I'm gonna be pissed off like that's just how it is so yeah and I also wouldn't be surprised if you just know how people are feeling without them having to say anything 
and sort yeah. of know what's going to happen next. You have a very strong intuition with a 12th house Mercury, yeah. but obviously also with your Scorpio placements too, but it would make for someone who will just know how someone's thinking, feeling, what they want without them having to actually say anything. Yeah, I try to be, I mean, I don't think you can be, try to be perceptive, but I feel like I am very perceptive. I feel like I'm, like, tweeting my own horn with all this shit, but anyway. <laughs> like, no, it's literally in your chart. And I also, well, depending on the house system, my moon might fall in the 12th house. And I feel like I actually relate to that because of because of this. And I really liked how you mentioned that you do both, where you are very social. And then you have to make sure you take that time to, like, be alone and recharge. That's a really important thing. Because sometimes yeah. when you have 12th house placements, you just give and give and give and give. And you can get really drained. So it's really important to you know remember to fill your cup and do all of that so that you can be social and also you know take care of yourself at the same time because that's really important I just feel like when I am with people like you will get all of me like even if it's a phone call even if it's like I'm voice noting you we're out somewhere I will like try to be as present as possible so my battery's out after that you know so yeah definitely uh do we want to mention the aspect or should we go into the moon um, it's up to you. I think let's go into the moon. So, your moon sign. The good stuff. <laughs> your moon sign. That is who you are when you are alone. It's the part of you that very few people get to see because it takes a while to open up to this placement. And honestly, as a Scorpio moon in particular, I would guarantee that very select people really fully see this Scorpio moon to its extent. People that you really trust to let them see this part of you. It's very private. It deals a lot with how you process your emotions, how you feel. And being someone who is a Scorpio moon, you definitely feel things very intensely, very strongly, very... It's just very intense. Like, when I think of Scorpio moons, I think intense. And a big thing with Scorpio moons that, like, I've noticed is they have this really strong desire to understand why they feel the way that they do and to sort of evaluate things on a psychological level. So I actually... All day long. Yeah, I have a really good (laughs) friend who's a Scorpio moon, and she actually just enrolled in grad school for psychology because she's so deeply interested in the psychology of why people feel the way that they do or behave the way that they do. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have, like, an interest in psychology or... Totally, totally. But... Well, people just fascinate... not, Not people fascinate me, but the way people think and the things people feel and what situations make someone feel something and all that like just I overthink it all because it's so interesting to me I don't know yeah well it also deals a lot with it helps you grow as a person and to figure out your own emotions when you can look at other people and figure out what their motives are why they do things the way that they do and sort of use that as a way of understanding them but also understanding yourself and understanding people in general there's a big focus but it's it's exhausting though because i overanalyze it all including every single thing i say and every single thing someone else says so it's also exhausting to like care so much yeah you know yeah i mean there's a it, everything has a trade off so like it yeah. is yeah. very you know intense not gonna lie there especially because your moon is conjunct pluto which makes it almost sort of 
intense you know in modern astrology pluto rules scorpio so you have the two of them literally on top of each other just amplifying that like scorpio vibe there uh but i wanted to bring this up too because you were mentioning the need for control i find that scorpio moons need to have control over the situation because they almost sort of feel anxious without having that control. So that can show up in a lot of different ways because I think when people hear, like, control and controlling, they think of it as, you know, being, like, a psychopath. But, like, for some people, like, again, my one friend who's a Scorpio moon, it meant that, like, we went to her, like, apartment for the pregame and we left when she was ready to go. Because (laughs) the control was in her hands. You know, no, that's, that's it. It's like, I'm not trying to be a bitch ever, but it's like, if we're not doing something where I feel comfortable and where I feel like I have the control, then I I need to know who's going to be there. What time they're getting there. Are they bringing someone else? What time are we going? Like, I need it all. Unless I'm drunk, then I don't care. But like, I need all the details. Always. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not even like, it's not even like you're trying to be controlling. It's you're just trying to prevent yourself from having that anxiousness exactly. that it comes makes me anxious from it. Yeah. yeah like it's not yeah. like she's like my yeah. house my rules it's not like you're like that too no, it's like it's not that no if we yeah, don't leave on yeah, time just... i'm gonna freak out so <laughs> no it's literally just like i will have anxiety and it will give me social i have really bad social anxiety too in certain situations if it's an unknown situation and if i don't have any liquid courage in me i will be very anxious <laughs> i'll get through it but like i'll be very anxious and i have like I take medication for anxiety. Like, I have really mm-hmm. bad anxiety in general. So you can just imagine. Yeah. <laughs> the like, combination. Cara, you have Scorpio placements. What's your add-on? What's your take? Yeah, I think... I was actually thinking about... So my my Mars is in Scorpio. So I was thinking more in terms of relationships because the moon is kind of important in relationships and also you know, there is some type of intensity or kind of like deep desire, I guess, that you kind of, or like even like a sense of like commitment from a partner. And I know that that sounds kind of like strange. And even I have, like before my current relationship, like I had been single for like the longest time and didn't care. Like I didn't care about any of that. But then as soon as something is serious, like I do need to know that like they'll be there and that I can trust them. So that was really where my mind was headed. I also think that the combination though of, the Scorpio moon and all of your Capricorn placements is really interesting, especially because Capricorn is known to be very public, very open, very like comfortable in that way. And then the Scorpio moon is really good at concealing things. So there's some sort of like balance between like revealing things and like keeping other things like very private. So I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah, it's exactly that. And it's also, it's also, it makes me uncomfortable sometimes when I do share a lot. It, a part of me feels uncomfortable uncomfortable doing so even though a part of me wants to do it a part of me is like no 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 like what are you doing what are you, like I wish I could like untell people things because I'm like fuck like why did I give them that you know what I'm saying but it's like but I wanted to in the moment but mm-hmm. then I feel bad about it it's like can you fucking relax <laughs> yeah like also I know that Scorpio is related to like intimacy which obviously can happen in all sorts of levels including like emotionally being close to someone so that also could yeah. be Uh, like a motivator I guess like wanting to feel that type of like connection with someone can be really important as well especially when we're talking about your moon sign which literally deals with your emotions and those like kinds of connections yeah I hate small talk like I'll tell you I'll tell you my deepest well no not my deepest secret but like I'll tell you some 
some pretty dark <laughs> secrets on our first like <laughs> encounter, you know? Well, let's talk about, you know, relationships a little bit. <laughs> and we're oh going to talk about your Venus sign. So, okay, Venus is the love, right? Venus deals with love, but it does also deal a lot with uh beauty, like art, creativity, finances also oddly falls under Venus and I just think about if you're thinking about relationships that could even just be not even romantic it could be business it could be platonic there's tons of different relationships you can have okay but typically people look at Venus and think like love like you know and I (laughs) always think well you're up (laughs) I'm like laughing because I always describe this placement the same way every time and it's you're Pisces Venus so in case you're ever wondering why you're so wow. emotional, not only is it your Scorpio moon, but you also have another water sign. You actually have two other water signs in your chart. You have a Cancer Mars, which we'll talk about in a bit, but you also have the Pisces Venus here. And I always refer to Pisces Venus as sort of like the crackhead love type of situation where it's like, <laughs> I, I forget where I heard this from. Someone had said it once before, so it's not even my original idea, which was was that uh, like a Pisces Venus person will see like their partner like going through something like really like I don't know just whatever they're going through and they'll be like well I need to go through it too so I understand what they're feeling so like they call it like oh, the crackhead love because it's like well my partner's like on crack like I have to be on it too because it's like I need to understand I mean it's obviously not yeah. to that extent like not saying that at all but no, like it's I like a, a joke a metaphor but Pisces Venus they are really 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 giving people in relationships they really want to go to the like absolute end of the world for someone that they love and care for whether that's like their friends their family they will go to the end of the world for someone that they care about because to them like having a relationship is like almost sort of this like escape from reality and it's like a beautiful thing and there's a lot of emotion behind it a lot of feeling a lot of just intensity it's almost very spiritual to them to like connect with someone on such like an emotional and personal level that they really view relationships as something that is very uh just like I guess like valuable yeah valuable that's the word but they're very yeah. romantic people, and they have a really good sense of picking up again on how other people are feeling. So because of that, they are known to be very giving people because they just know how the other person's feeling and want to make sure that they're the support system that that person needs at the time being. I think it's so – like, I love everything you said. I just think it's so funny because – I don't think any of my friends would describe me as romantic, (laughs) like none. But that's also because I haven't like, I haven't been crazy about someone in a while, you know? Um, Like I love men Mm -hmm. (laughs) too much, but I don't, like nobody in my life would describe me, describe me as romantic yet at least. Yeah. Well, the thing too with Pisces uh, is that they're all sort of, in their head from time to time. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised too if that romantic side of you is only something that lives in your head. Like yes. thinking about like <laughs> like like cuz if if you think about oh Pisces Pisces deals a lot with dreams and it deals a lot with yeah, fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Stop. So this is so funny. It's like the like let me turn on a Disney princess movie and just like try to feel something. Pretend I'm her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm dying. That's it. Like I will get my ro- like my little bit of of romance from a show, a movie, mm-hmm. a fucking whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah, I was also just going to add that Pisces is a pretty indirect energy. So while you might like to take the lead and take control in other aspects of your life, you might be, you know, want the other person to kind of take the lead to chase you a little bit because you might be a bit more, I don't know, I don't don't know if shy is the right word or just, you know, you want them to initiate. Yeah. Also, I feel like we have to mention, because Venus does deal with beauty as well, that, you know, Pisces is a very artistic, creative sign, and that combined is probably the reason why you have such great taste. Like, your home is beautiful, your outfits are always so cute, your feet is aesthetic, like, all of that is also your Venus in Pisces. Oh my gosh, love it. Well, love it. also, want to add to... That your Venus falls into the second house, and the second house deals with uh, self-worth, but it also deals with material possessions and, you know, money, finances. So, fun fact here is that uh, you might be someone who, like, oddly kind of spends or saves intuitively based off of your own intuition, But another thing, too, I want to add, if we're thinking about Pisces being a very artistic sign, Venus dealing with creativity and all of those things, and you being in, well, being in the second house, what type of content are you usually producing? Things related to fashion, things related to skincare, things that I guess would be considered material, but things that also deal a lot with, you know... Just like, I don't know, like, sh- I think shopping, that's like not the word, but you know, like things like that, like, like self care ish. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Well, because also yeah. the second house, too, deals with self worth, and self care would kind of fall under that. And if we're thinking again right. about your creative, like, artistic tendencies coming from that, too, I just yeah. think it's interesting and worth mentioning. We're going to segue into, uh, the next thing here, so very similar to, you know, the love life. Uh, we'll try not to expose you too much with this next one, but we're going to talk about <laughs> oh, Mars. So okay. <laughs> Mars okay. uh, deals with your uh, motivations, your drive in life. It deals with who you are when you're angry, and it also does deal with oh, sex. So <laughs> tell me this is in Capricorn and I will literally get up and No, nope. it's no. on the opposite end. <laughs> cancer. <laughs> You're a Cancer Mars. So this is. I mean, is, are you trying to tell me I'm bad in bed? I feel no. like Cancer's. I haven't had a good experience with Cancer. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I have a video on YouTube. I probably shouldn't PSA this at all, but it's me ranking the 12 zodiac signs in the bedroom, and I had some nice things to say about Cancer Mars, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> but let's talk about your, uh, your motivation. So your motivation comes and goes with your emotions, how you are feeling, because it's a yes. water sign. Cancer's a water sign. And we think about water and like the tides. It comes, sometimes it's full throttle, but sometimes it's mellow. So yeah. apply that to your motivation because Mars is there in Cancer. So you'll find that with that, your motivation is going to be directly impacted by your mood. But sometimes it Always. can really be almost like good in a way because when you feel, I'm honestly even going to say when you feel like hurt or, you know, even, like, 
in love or inspired, you will dive into a project very full throttle. Specifically, I usually yeah. always think about Cancer Mars as sort of the like success as a revenge type of thing, which is also kind of oddly very Capricorn-esque and Scorpio-esque yeah. too. So yeah, <laughs> it's very much just like you said, I can't do that. Well, watch me like I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of you'll find that you'll work really hard when you feel a certain way, whether that be like, yeah. like feeling like upset and like wanting to work through your emotions or feeling just like really excited about life and really happy and riding on a high that you're just like, okay, I'm going to produce yeah. work after work and piece after piece and like content after content and just yeah. go with your motivation. So the highs are really can nice. Con can <laughs> confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, you also... Sorry. I was going to say, I know what you're going to say, so I was going to say... You do? I don't think you know yeah. what I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I was just going to say that, you know, cancer is usually, you know, said to be the mother, but in this case, I always like to mention when people have their Mars in cancer that they can be kind of protective over the things and the people that they care about, kind of like that mama bear type of energy where if you, like, really care about someone or something in your life, you will, like, protect it and hold it close and not, you know let someone I don't know like take advantage or like hurt your friends or like yeah. things like that you might you know have the chance to like step up because Mars is how we kind of like assert ourselves and like have that type of energy as well I feel like I'm that way with my mom like I feel like I protect her almost you know what I mean I mean she does too but but yes yes totally well, what I was gonna say is that your Mars falls into the sixth house and mm. The sixth house deals with health, wellness, and routines, including hygienic routines, any type of routine. So if we're thinking about Mars being your motivation and you like to work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I always say with people who have a sixth house Mars, like if they aren't the type of person who enjoys working out, they have the potential to be someone who enjoys it as an outlet for it. their for their anger, just to sweat it out, get everything going. They really yeah. are motivated by that routine. They do really well with having a routine. So like that could literally even be having a set skincare routine because we think about the sixth house also oh dealing gosh, with, yeah. you know, hygiene. But also if we think about the sixth house dealing with work, having some type of a work routine, whether, I mean, obviously yeah. you, you kind of work for yourself, but I'm sure you probably set some hours, like this is my designated work time. Whereas, you know, other people would be like, okay, 3 a.m. time to work. Like you probably are yeah. more oh my gosh, no. on top of yes. it <laughs> with the yeah, sixth there house. there has to be a structure. Yeah, we don't, I don't always stick to it, but definitely. Yes. Yeah, it's something that helps you kind of regulate things and keep things in order. Yeah. So I always find, like, Sixth House Mars people, they really are good with that and do really just, yeah. like, well with having some type of routine going for them. The bad you thing is when I don't follow the routine, I feel like all hell breaks loose. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's little flexibility, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to, like, work on because I'm not always going to be in a position where I can control my entire day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, should we talk about – we'll talk about when you're angry – or what were you going to say? I just have like a little fun thing that I always like to say about the sixth house. And Jade already knows what it is. But the sixth house also deals with pets. So when people have mm. placements in the sixth house, they usually really identify with like having a pet. So I just want to mention that. Oh, yes. 
Of course. That's, that's, I mean, I ad- identified my, my dog isn't here right now, but. Well, Cancer Mars when angry. <laughs> um, Tell me. They're not going to lie, a little scary when angry. Because <laughs> here's the thing, is think about, like, Cancer being the crab. And, like, the outside is a very, like, firm exterior, but, like, I mean, I'm vegan, so I don't really eat crab, but I'm pretty sure that everyone says that the inside is nice and soft. Yeah. But, uh, so, on the exterior, you'll maintain your level of chill, you'll deal with it, people will test you, you won't say anything, because you'll understand why they did it. And you'll sit there and be like, no, well, like, they did it because of this. And then just move on and sort of not really address what's bothering you. And then one day it all bottles up and it explodes. And it can be very scary sometimes, Uh, depending on what it is. It takes so much to, like, get me really pissed off, like, it takes so much. And the few times that even I can remember being that pissed off, like, yeah, it's really scary. But, yeah. like, it's few and far between, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because Cancer Mars doesn't want to be angry. Cancer no, energy in general like, yeah, no. wants to understand, you know, why people did the things that the way that they did. So, like, yeah. uh, again, I always use with myself as an example, like, I had friends in school or have friends, but when I was in school, like, they would regularly, like, leave me out of plans because I would be at work and I would just be like, well, it's, like, not my, like, it's not their fault. Like, they, uh, they shouldn't be waiting around for me. Like, I get out of work late and I would just sit there and try to understand and just not say anything about it because I understood. I didn't want to be angry yeah. about it and I would brush it off. Right. That's a very, I mean, it did bottle up and explode pretty aggressively but yeah that is a very like cancer <laughs> type thing would be to just be like well no yeah. it's because like they they feel this way and like oh it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme I mean, of I things get, i get annoyed don't get me wrong but like i don't like confrontation mm-hmm. with anyone i don't like to fight i don't like to argue i like will do anything to avoid that um and that's why i have a therapist <laughs> because <laughs> if i am pissed off she's the one who's gonna hear about it but I really don't, like, I'm crazy, but I don't get angry often, truthfully, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. They don't really, well, yeah, that's, it is a good thing. Uh, what was I going to yeah. say? Uh, a lot of times with Cancer Mars too is they tend to take things personally. Again, this is something that you can work through. So it's something I think every cancer placement of some sort, whether that be Cancer Moon, Venus Rising, Cancer, your Cancer Mars, a lot of cancer placements struggle with this really early on in life is sort of learning not to take things so personally because like someone's tone could be off and it's, like, the first instinct is, like, wow, they're mad. Like, oh, like, I must have irritated them. Like, oh, like, they feel this type of way. And sort of, like, growing up is, like, learning that that's not always the case. Like, it could just be that they're having a bad day and projecting. (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) Cancer Mars. So, in the bedroom... I noticed with Cancer Mars, I mean, with the men, is that, I mean, it's the same, but they are really good, again, with that intuition and picking up on the other person and how they feel. So probably the first time will be a little bit more reserved. (laughs) 
and they might take a minute to open up and get more comfortable with their partner but when they do they will know exactly what they want because they've been paying attention and they just intuitively can tell what the other person needs so it's like it gets a lot better with time because they'll really do well at matching the energy of the person that they're with it just might take a little bit for them to open up and warm up but once they do it's they figure it out real quick what works what doesn't work and they're on their a game with the other person (laughs) love it (laughs) i hope all my boyfriends are listening <laughs> yeah, on oh her A game, ten out of ten rating. You wanna hit her up. This was fucking amazing. And this was this was the shorter one. I can't even imagine what the longer one is full of, right? Yeah, we cover the outer planets in more detail in the uh, in the longer one. So like Jupiter, Saturn. This was we did a little Saturn, but yeah. Oh, this was amazing. Thank you guys so much. Where can people go to get a reading? Because everybody needs a reading. Yeah. So actually, if you liked listening to both Jade and I, we are having a little bit of a special. If you're listening to this, you know, in real time, we are offering basically what we just did, but for only 12 days. So you go to the website astromillennials.com. That's where you can book readings with us. And then from December 12th to the 24th you can book a reading with both Jade and I and then after that we'll probably have to go back to just one of us so if you want a little special treat with two both Jade and I kind of like how we did it this way you can book with us between the 12th and the 24th of December and again that's astromillennials.com and readings will still be open after it's just it's going to be more individual based so you can book an individual reading with just me or an individual reading with just Kara and then we also do tarot readings too if anyone is listening to this and is interested in that as well okay guys I'm so sorry about the super abrupt outro um my laptop was dying as we were finishing the episode and I was like trying to find a charger it was a little hectic okay so I just wanted to say one more time thank you so much to Karen Jade for coming back on I absolutely loved this like I loved our conversation I loved hearing everything it was just so cool and so fun and yeah you guys should definitely go support them go follow their instagram i will leave everything below listen to their podcast if you you know want to learn a little bit more about astrology they make it so 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 fun and go get your charts read because it's fucking wild okay so thank you guys so much for listening i will see you next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.